we've been recording for an hour. And 42 minutes. Almost two hours. What episode are we on? Six. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode six with your favorite gal, pal, girlfriend, bronze goddess, honey. John Parker. And your favorite PCS bitch, Connor Tierney. (laughs) And ladies. Gentlemen. Class is in session. Yay! We, we did we're so good. It. it only took six episodes to get like an intro together. Episode six, honeys. All right, everybody. So I'm just gonna get it out in the space. What? I got my braces tightened today. <laughs> and We've been talking almost for two hours about this specific topic. And I just want to make sure that everybody understands that though I'm fully aware, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, and didn't you have braces? Yeah, I had braces. For I'm years. sure everybody did it. Okay. It's a new, it was a, tr- it's a new trend. I fucking hate it. Uh-huh. Here's why. First of all, my doctor, Dr. Coromoto, yeah, does not fully understand when I tell him that I want him to crank the living shit out of my teeth. He every every month because you want to be on the every speedy month, track. Of, he's like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "Bert," because my doctor's name was Bert. And yeah. when he's being inappropriate, I'd let him know by calling him Bert, saying, "Bert, I'm not in here for two years, honey. You have your money. I'm getting out of here in less than one. So if you have to have me in here every two weeks, and you have to put some wires on these teeth, and you have to." Sit there with pliers and fucking turn one. So is it the bottom set that's going to take the longest? No, it's apparently these top teeth. They want them all to shift to the left. Anyway. It's fine, ladies and gentlemen, though. Today, I have... I don't know if you... Today, of the filming, is the same day that I posted on my Instagram story <laughs> that Brenda, my mother, is um, going to be so mad. Why? Because my mom thinks that I need to have neutral colored bands... When they're going to go from bracket to bracket. And unbeknownst to me, Bert made my bands go from bracket to bracket. But when we're sitting there, I thought we were going to do the same old, same old. Uh-huh. He said, John, what color do you want? And I said, Bert, I want plum crazy. Plum. Was that, that the same color shade? Yeah. Every, I switched between either screaming pink or plum crazy. And screaming pink? Yep. And this That's month, it. Also, when was, you're usually putting them in teenagers' mouth, I don't know if you want a teenage girl running around with screaming pink in her mouth they do it and so I said hey I want plum crazy he puts it in I get to my car almost and I'm like I've made a grave mistake because now my mom's gonna see bracket to bracket bands that are purple and she's I mean, gonna say John you are here's my thing I'm an idiot I, your I thought life. this always about braces especially when I had them the ones that are supposed to be, like, your tooth color or, like, you know, a neutral... They become yellow. They become yellow, and also they don't match your teeth ever. I know. So and then my well doctor also recommended color. that I do green. I was like, if it looked like I have you parsley want, in my yeah, teeth. I was like, do you want Always. to look like you just ate a salad? Never. Literally never. Mm. Bert and I are cool, though. He cranked my teeth, honey, and I thought I was doing great. I took my Tylenol. I was keeping up with it, and then I'm driving to Connor's house to record this episode, and bitch. I had to pull over at a gas station, get a Gatorade, two Sprites, some munchies, and some ice cream, because I needed 
first of all, I need something to down 17 Tylenol with. Yeah. And I need to preoccupy my mind with mm-hmm. eating because I've been trying to be skinny. So my body couldn't take a both today. It could not take both <laughs> being skinny. Right. And it's an either or situation. It truly is. Tomorrow we will we will be better. That is our motto. Tomorrow will be better. Today though, we're gonna see how seventeen Tylenol and what is this? Two kettle tonic or sprites work? I'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway, that's basically my week. So Connor, how are you? Um, I am exhausted. <laughs> I have had, like, really hard deadlines at work, um, met them. <laughs> she so, has her bag yeah, of red secured. I, yeah, I have, I have the paycheck secured. Everything's great. Um, I'm about to start a show where literally I get off work at 4.30, and then at six, from 6 to 10, I still have to stay at work and do rehearsals and everything like that. Um, so... These next two weeks are going to be pretty awful for me. And filming for us is going to be exciting. Yeah, you might be filming at either 10 o'clock at night or... Which is what time we're filming now, honey! But we've gotten to have a few drinks and John got to lose that Mario Kart. Every week. Yep. Without fair. (laughs) Fucking... What was it? Toadette. Yeah. Toadette was the hot-pressed one this time. Yeah. Feminist icon, Toad App. Um, yeah, but other than work, um, my parents came and visited my place and met Carl, my cat, for the and first time. And Lover. I don't know about... He woke me up last night at 4.30 in the morning. Can you just tell our fans, and by fans I mean listeners, maybe fans, shout out if you're a fan, but can you tell our people about the chicken debacle? Okay, so... So I'm going to give you all a preface. Connor is also trying to be living a fit life. It's summer is coming, okay? And in the gay world, um, that means that we have to wear practically nothing. In order to do that, we don't want to look like beached whales. All I've ate today is grilled chicken and espresso, chocolate-covered espresso beans. All I've had to eat today is vodka now. (laughs) Yeah, vodka Sprite and three cups of coffee until I had to get my my, uh, ice cream sandwich. But... So, chicken breasts. So, yeah, Connor, so, I believe, is trying to, you know, freeze chicken breasts and then decide to defaw it. And this is where yeah. the story begins. Um, so, this is the third chicken breast that has fallen victim to Carl's wrath. Um, and for clarification, everybody, who is Carl? Carl is my cat I adopted three, two, three weeks ago now. Shout out to Rescue Casey, Casey Pet Project. Yeah. Shout out Pet Rescue, not buying yep. pets. Um, no shade to those who do, but... Shade. Yeah. Anyway, Carl's awesome besides the fact, like, I can't hide anything from him, and I think hiding it also makes it worse because I think it becomes a game for him. And so I've been fine with dethawing things on top of my fridge because I thought I couldn't reach it. Well, come the other day, I, like, was busy cleaning my apartment, doing a whole bunch of stuff, and then I was, like, ready to cook. And I walk in, and what's in the middle of the fucking floor? A chicken breast. I think it's because Carl thinks that you're hiding it from him, and he just values open and, and honesty. Well, I thought you were eating open, dinner. If you <laughs> maybe Carl's hungry, and if you were open with him I, and honest with him about what was going on in the relationship, maybe um, then he wouldn't feel the need issue. to. I'm just not, not expressing the need. Yeah, to. like you know, here's a fun shout out to Carl Glenn if he's listening. When we lived together. Um, 
Carl never did the dishes, and I was a complete see you next Tuesday. Carl is a person. My friend, Carl, yeah. yeah. Not my cat, Carl. Who's also my friend. Carl's his friend for sure, but they have not known each other nearly as long as human Carl. Me and human Carl (laughs) lived together for a little bit. Carl, human, would never, ever do the dishes. And John, me, um, I was just a complete bitch about it. Huge bitch. Mm. And it really just boils down to a communication issue. So maybe that's what you and pet Carl are experiencing right now. I mean, I really asked him last night at 4.30 in the morning, please stop jumping on me. And he didn't respect that. So I think he has he a lot of He didn't respect back, your you know. communication to him. So I don't think he's respecting any boundaries right now. And it's You know, something. I really hate to say it, but like, have you maybe decided a, a kitty gate? As in you have I, no doors in your apartment and maybe that would be a good one to get. I think he would literally just leap over it. Like, maybe we could maybe come up with something. He got on top of a fridge that's I know, I'm talking about like a whole door. Basically. Get a door? Practically. Just think about a it. A screen, mate? I don't know. A screen a cat will definitely go through. You need solid wood, honey. He's learned how to open the bathroom door, which is not good. And by bathroom door, can we just tell everybody what your bathroom door is? <laughs> it's broken right now, but it's uh, one of those like sliding foldy doors. Basically, like we're walking into a closet. It's like a closet. closet. Yeah. And it's a bathroom. Um, That's the gag, honey. Yeah, so every time I go pee, he jumps into the bathtub and stares at me. Again, I really just think it's <laughs> <laughs> you're not letting him know what you're doing in these concerns for your Because right. to him, you can pee on sand and you're peeing into water and he doesn't get that. I mean, think about it. He doesn't need to get it. I, I, it. I need some privacy. Maybe you just need to explain to him his new environment. Anyway, darlings, back to what we were talking about, which is our weekly episode here where we both share one fun fact about the gay community and then discuss it briefly. Who's going first this week? I think you should go first because you're real detailed. Okay, ladies, <laughs> let me tell you. So he the last five episodes... notes on a pizza box. Oh my god, okay, so here, here, here's the tea, here's the tea, here's the tea. The last five episodes, I have just, you know, done um, a fair amount of research over, like, a fun... Not necessarily always fun, but like just like a topic, and I just wanted to come in here and kiki and hang out with Connor. And Connor always, I felt like, was just showed me out. All right, like he was coming through. He had like a word document with notes and shit, and just was prepared, honeys. And you know what? Today I was at the filling station, which is a local Kansas City coffee establishment. And I decided, you know what, John, you're gonna come through this week with notes, so you are prepared, honey. So I got it to go box and I ripped it in half and now I wrote all my notes on it. But the reason I wrote my notes, we also didn't tell each other really what we were talking about this week. At all. At all until literally we're about to talk about it right now. We didn't really even talk this week till now. Because Connor kind of avoided me for two days. When? When did it? Oh, right. <laughs> so I texted Connor and I said, hey, Connor, um, when are you free to record this week? I'm free on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I would prefer Wednesday. Um, I'm being very communicative. Connor left me on red for 24 hours. During those 24 hours, posted on his Instagram story approximately four times. <laughs> the fourth time was the straw for me. I texted him a bunch of, a series of gifts saying uh, that you do not leave me on red. Yeah. And then I said... Here's the thing. I have this problem at work. I have this problem in my day-to-day life where I read something and I'm in the middle of doing something else and I think what I'm going to respond and then in my head I just think I've done it as I'm continuing the task I am doing at hand. And so I just never 
responded back and then literally my response was after you sent me like those gifts was just yeah I can't record (laughs) yeah and you were like 24 hours (laughs) I was pissed everybody I was so mad anyway I also decided this week that I'm gonna do kind of what I feel like I was recruited to this show to do which is to share with you some really smart people insight Lawyer things. Lawyer things. <laughs> However, I want anybody who's listening who is a member of the legal field to realize that, you know what, con law, we can all agree, was a difficult class. What's con law? Constitutional law. Okay. <laughs> it was a very difficult class, what of which difficult? my outline was probably 75 pages. So we can all agree that, you know, I'm going to speak about this, and if you disagree with my analysis of this case and or cases leading up to this to cause this Supreme Court precedent, you're more than welcome to give me a quick DM and we can talk about it. However, you know what? Just sit back, listen, and enjoy my perspective. Mm. And I'm excited. We can go from there. So, in the Supreme Court, there are a ton of cases that kind of touch on gay issues. Mm. And um, the one that I chose to talk about today is Lawrence v. Texas. Okay. Okay. Are you at all familiar with what that case did to the world? I have no idea. Okay. So, I'm just going to give you all the tea then. Okay. So, in 2003, Mm -hmm. um, America, we're flashing back. It's George W. Bush Mm -hmm. is the president. Mean Girls is out yet? Maybe. Uh Around, yeah, in production at at least. Yeah, Tina Fey's thinking about it. Yeah, she's Um, brewing on it. She's sipping that tea, honey. And so, it's actually still illegal to be gay in Texas in thirteen states, Missouri being one of them. Sodomy laws. Mm -hmm. Got it. So we live in Missouri. I know Kansas City is kind of complicated for those of you not in the Midwest, but it's actually Missouri City. Some of it's in Kansas. Um, no, in nice. No, so in oh, my favorite part of like any concert here is, is when they the shout art, out to Kansas. Yeah, and the artist gotcha. doesn't know it's Kansas City, Missouri, and then it becomes almost riot level anger. Except Cardi B, if you're listening, honey, when you come to Kansas City on May fourth for the Bonner Springs Flyover Festival, you are in Kansas. So she's li- she's an avid listener. Yeah, yeah. an avid listener. My my dear friend Akali is like when you're listening to this, honey. Just you know, you'll be in Kansas anyway. So sodomy laws. A fun fact though about Missouri. So we're split up into a couple different um, federal districts, and the Western District, which is Kansas City, um, outlawed the statute that made sodomy illegal in the Western District counties, which was like. Kansas City, all the way up to, like, Iowa. Is it because we have a denser population, you think? I really don't know, because St. Louis, it was still illegal. Really? I was... Yeah, so the federal courts in Missouri are pretty much based in St. Louis and Kansas City. Yeah. Um, And it's just... It was something that was interesting to me when reading, because everybody that I know of talks about how St. Louis is, like, so much more the progressive city of Missouri, because of, like... I just think they have a bigger gay district than... Well, and they have, like, they have, like, the World Fair in 1904. Like, they were much more of a metropolitan, at least in earlier developmental years, than they are. Now we're about the same size. Um, And in 2003, St. Louis, I think, was still bigger. Um, So it's super interesting to me. But there was just, like, some statutes that challenged it, and a lot of it hinged on... 
um, privacy, which is what I'm going to kind of get into because um, the court system didn't really necessarily decide um, is homosexuality cool or not cool, but they decided on people's privacy within their own homes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to spoil too much. So that's basically just some fun facts for you. In 2003 in Kansas City, it was okay to um, have gay sex, mm-hmm. um, but it was not okay. And a lot of parts of the United States, and in some places, it was punishable. It, there was just also no consistency. So in Missouri, it was a misdemeanor, which means like you would probably pay a fine. And that was the same issue within Texas. But there was some places um, a little bit earlier, which... Um, which I'm sure, based on how, like, through true crime podcasts and other stuff like that I've seen... I'm sure you don't just get slapped with a sodomy fine. I'm sure they slap a whole bunch of other stuff. There's a whole bunch of thing that happens to it, yeah. But um, and there's like a whole lot of societal um, negatives that go with it, um, with having a sodomy charge on your record. But um, some states still had it as a felony, which required jail time in 2003, which is just mind blowing to me because that's not that long ago. Like I remember things that happened in 2003. Like I could tell you where I lived and like things that were going on in my life. Mind you, I was still pretty young, so, like, I wasn't necessarily, like, doing these things. But I was just really gagged by the fact that that was so recent to me. Like, yes, gay marriage, I understand, was even more recent. But I didn't realize that our fight, like, for even the generation before us... Yeah, the fact that we're already into the new millennia and still having laws. And, you know, this is kind of, like, an interesting situational difference to me with um queer eye what do you mean so when the first time queer eye came out yeah they were still battling with like this legality issue oh you know what i mean like yeah there were five gay guys trying to help people out they were going all across the country and i don't necessarily remember what year it started but even if it was after 2003 like this had just happened like some of these states are very new to gay um, lifestyle being accepted in many capacities, yeah. especially the places they were going. So that's why I think Queer Eye 1 was so trailblazing. Whereas Queer Eye 2, I'm not talking shit and don't really want to get into it, but it's just interesting to me now where the perspective is kind of like... Yeah. I almost mean, cute and fluffy. It is cute and fluffy, but also... Like, I mean, it's I've great TV, reading, but... I've been reading a few interviews about the fact that, um, like... The producers aren't, like, warning them about a lot of things. Like, one episode they were pulled over by the police, like, as a joke, as a gag, but they didn't tell the boys about it. And so Kumaro really, he was driving and he was kind of, like, freaking out because, like, he's a black man and he was being pulled over. And then also, like, Tan had been asked one episode, and, like, this was off camera, it never made it to edit, but got asked by someone if he was a terrorist as a joke. And he, like, borderline almost quit that day. Bobby, uh, remember the big church episode? That's, Mm -hmm. like, one of the biggest episodes. Bobby's one thing in his contract was he would not be forced to do anything church-related. And they made him do that episode within a church because he had a lot of bad experiences with the church in his past. So it's interesting. So it's just kind of problematic. But the problems are still there, but I agree it's all light and fluffy of, like, they talk about certain things, but I feel like they really don't get into... It's kind of like they're the Fab Five, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Right. It's not really, like, looking at them as people and 
like we don't, I feel like it's always focused on the others and we don't really get a whole lot of gay insight in the sense of like getting to yeah on the edge with certain topics you know I don't think it challenges yeah I feel like it's rounded off a little bit more than the original series was but anyway so tracking back to the Supreme Court decision so the background for this case specifically Uh um, there's a little bit of things that are going to make it a little muddy so I'm going to try my best to be quick brief and explain to you the case that the Supreme Court kind of took into consideration when they were viewing Lawrence v. Texas is a case called Bowers v. Hendrick, which is a 1986 case. So even further back. Uh-huh. Which 86 is like what? On the cusp or in the middle of the AIDS epidemic? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The 1986 case was interesting um, because the person was not actually charged with sodomy because so there was he was in Atlanta, Georgia and he the person um, was at a gay bar left the gay bar with like a beer bottle in his hand and threw the beer bottle away it was a crime in Atlanta to be drinking in public which it is still a crime in a lot of places to do that yeah. and, and he took his drink outside of the bar which was a crime so he um, was like charged with that and then he missed his court date, so there was an arrest warrant. Okay? But, after the arrest warrant, he, like, realized what had happened, went to court, paid the fine, was done. But the police officer who originally charged himself, there was a warrant, did not like the fact that he was at a gay bar, so he was going to go serve the warrant in his house. And there was, like, not enough time for, apparently, him to realize the warrant was invalid. Goes to the house, the door so is like... already the police officer is abusing power. Right, and that's kind of what the whole thing kind of hinged on. Got you. Um, uh, he gets to the house and like, I don't know necessarily how the front door situation happened. I guess it was maybe the screen door open, or the door was open to like let Aaron and have fun. Open. Mm-hmm. And so the cop walked in, like he did not serve the warrant, um, until he got to the bedroom. When he got to the bedroom to serve the warrant, he saw two guys giving each other a beige. Which is part of sodomy. So sodomy is anal and or oral sex. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So, um, that was a violation so of the guessing, crime. guessing, but also, did they Well, get so they were going to get charged, and yeah. there was, like, a public thing that they were charged with it, but then the district attorney for Atlanta decided yeah. to not go forward because of the warrant but issue. But at that point, both But at that point, it's in the paper. Yeah. Right? You can't escape that. So, they, um... Went to the Supreme Court over the issue of privacy. Like, he was within his own home. There was multiple layers of the doors there. The warrant wasn't served. Right. The things were not done correctly. Even if the warrant was served, what he does in his own home should be his own business. Like, he was not harming the public in that capacity at that time. However, the court decided... Um, wait, let me get this. Because it was like... And this is the other case in the 80s we're talking about right yeah now. this is the case in the 80s yes. this is just like the background case that Lawrence v. Texas kind of talks about a little bit mm-hmm. the justices in the Bowers v. Hendrick case talk about how allowing homosexual rights is an infamous crime against nature and moral turpitude so it's like we should not even consider this entire situation because homosexuality is such a sin and it would unravel everything we've ever, like, done as a country. So that's part of the thing. Mm-hmm. So, like... Right, but that's the thing, is that... And that was in the Supreme Court opinion. Like, that's a quote. And so what's interesting to me... you know which justice said that? I don't remember. Got it. Um, 
It was Thurgood Marshall's court, but he did not. Um, he wrote the dissent, or he was part of the dissent. Um, but whatever. Anyway, um, one of the justices said that, and um, uh, it was a five-four vote in that case, and so five, four of the judges mm-hmm. agreed with him, or in some capacity agreed with him. Um, anyway, so that was kind of just like. What was the final ruling? Well, he no. So part of the issue too is that he was never actually charged with the crime. Of so, sodomy. Mm-hmm. And so they said, like, you're just bringing this forward, saying that, like, you're going to continue to do this, and so it's going to be a crime in the future. And if they did it again, like, you would probably be doing it again. And so, like, the guy was bringing forth the charges saying, like, I will do it again if I get caught again. Like, I'm not going to stop. This is my lifestyle. This is me. Which is kind of iconic. Right, but at the same time, like... But he wasn't charged with the crime. Like, he didn't go through the appeal stuff. It was kind of just... It was a very interesting case. So how did it even get brought up? Is it just a tactic the lawyers took with his original Like, do you mean to the Supreme Court? Yeah, like, how did... Basically saying that the Atlanta law was unconstitutional for equal rights. Right, so, but was he ever charged with sodomy? No. So how did it make... What case got brought to the Supreme Court then? Because if he's never charged, how is there a case? He's bringing forth a case saying that his... So he's suing the state. He's so that's why it's not like Lawrence v. Texas. Yeah, it's Hendrick v. Bowers. He's suing the attorney general of the state of Georgia, mm. saying like this law For is unconstitutional. That yeah yeah. And also okay, got it. Um. So that was the background case. So now Lawrence v. Texas. What happened in that case is also kind of interesting. Um, him and a gentleman caller that they've known each other for twenty something years. They've been, like, on again, off again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just hanging out and decided they were going to stay a little longer. One of the neighbors um, was upset of a fight that they heard earlier, called the police, saying that he heard gunshots. So, in Texas... Between... And in, just, like, in the neighbor's apartment. And who are these two So, John Lawrence... Yeah. And his friend, Greer, like, in apartment A, or whatever. Uh-huh. And the neighbor in apartment B was just, like, annoyed of what was going on. Which was what, in reality? Gay fucking. Got you. And he said gunshots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got so, it. he... So, the neighbor said gunshots. What's interesting about that is when there's an active crime like that happening, the police don't necessarily need a warrant. And that's the case... Right, it's an emergency Because it's an emergency situation. situation so, yeah. you're not going to sit there and go through these, like, procedural things because you're going to go to stop an emergency crime. Yeah. Um, like domestic violence is a common example of things like that. Like you're going to go to try to stop the situation. Yeah. Um, however, like when the situation is de-escalated, that's when you need to get follow procedure where you but get like, words so like, like that. But anyway, so they're going to enter the apartment. Yeah. Is basically what I'm saying. Was there a gun at all? No. Okay. So the neighbor calls, says they're gunshots. They yeah. get there, they enter the apartment too, but they were like kind of talking loudly. Could have been an argument. Enter the apartment. They were sucking dick. I'm guessing there's a lot of gray area going on. Kind of. So I don't necessarily think the police heard an argument because when they walked in, they saw him sucking dick. But again, you know, you and I both watch porn. Sometimes it gets aggressive. I don't know what was going on with these two. They might have been also like the argument or whatever they were hearing could have been just something else. Yeah. Don't. I mean, we have no evidence. So anyway, they they both get charged for sodomy. For sodomy. We're going to ignore the other person because John Lawrence is the one who takes it to the Supreme Court. Um, but So John Lawrence and the other person both plead no contest. 
Why do they plead no contest so if they don't like they entered the apartment without a warrant? Well, because even if there there was no it was there's legal. no guns. Right. But the police thought there was. This is kind of a whole constitutional thing that we don't have time but to say. So, but that proves a the neighbor was lying if there's no guns anywhere. Right, but they but when they entered the apartment to figure out the gun situation, they saw suck and dick, which is a different crime. But they've already entered the premises without. But they were able to because they thought they were stopping the crisis. It's just like if somebody this was sounds to, like paperwork. Someone fudge. Not no, no, no. Fudge, like if they were entering your apartment right now and be like. You're gonna shoot a gun and then see me doing a line of coke. Full disclosure, don't do that. <laughs> but if they that. like came in to yeah. do a serve a gun charge or stop a gun crime and saw me doing coke, I would get a coke charge. It's not like they can only come in to do but, the one. But thing they, they didn't see. even knock. No, because they thought there was a gunfight. You can hear a fucking gunfight. They thought that somebody had a gun and was like being a nuisance. This is not the thing to get caught up on. The police entered the apartment okay. and saw like a deck. I just don't buy it. In the the neighbor is a piece of shit. Right. I don't buy the neighbor and I don't buy the gun story is all I'm saying. Well, and the neighbor made it up. Already. The neighbor is a piece of shit. The police right. are just doing their job in this situation and what I've read. Potential, maybe they were being dicks. They probably were. Yeah. Because technically only one of the three police officers say they saw any sexual activity. The other two just said they saw them naked. Which is not a crime inherently. Right. Also, like... What so just the one, one police yeah. officer yeah. said he saw it. So that's yeah. where the whole crime came from. Okay. Anyway, so they plead no contest, which is interesting because it means, like, I'm not pleading guilty, but, like, I can't fight this charge. So, like, I'm not going to fight it. And so, effectively, the courts treat that as a guilty plea. In Texas, that was a misdemeanor, so they both got fines. Okay. Okay. We're good so far? Yeah, and we'll cut it. Okay, so obviously they were super pissed about that and took it to the Supreme Court. Texas is weird, though. It's one of the weird states on how a case gets to the Supreme Court. Here's, so here's a fun little trivia fact for you. Um, like in Missouri, I have an issue in a court level. I then take it to the District Court of Missouri to then go to the Appeal Court of Missouri to then go to the Supreme Court of Missouri to then have you know, certiorari, which is, like, basically where the court, the Supreme Court, or a federal court is saying, oh, let me look at this case. Yeah. For a federal issue, like yeah. a national issue. Um, but in Texas, it's not quite the same pattern. You have your case in, you know, whatever Juggalo town they were in. Um, you have that case, and then there is a state court that could be involved for an appeal. And then it's the Texas Appeals Court. There's no Texas Supreme Court. So, like, the appeals court is, is it. it. At least in my understanding. I could be wrong, but I'm 90% sure that's kind of the flaw that we get there. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the appeals court for Texas said, hey, we're not going to look at this. We don't, like, we agree with the fact that homosexuality is no, not cool. So, yeah. like, tough toenails. Fun side note, Texas has just decided that heterosexual couples can do it in the butt. And it's not a crime. So, heterosexual couples can commit acts of sodomy and it not be illegal, but when it's two gays, the same sex, so that's, it's still illegal. That's an important thing about the Texas law. So, Texas has recently decided in like 2000. Yeah. Not even because the case, so the case was decided in 2003, but the crime happened in 1990s yeah. something, seven, six. Mm-hmm. So, in the 90s, Texas decided, hey, 
homo-heterosexual men-women can butt-fuck each other all they want, but gays cannot do that. And so they brought it up on... No, no, no. So that's just something to remember. Okay. There's multiple issues to this case. That's just one of the things where it's like Texas is like cool with heteros but not with homos. So they bring it... So their application to the Supreme Court. So when the highest court of the state says, hey, we're not going to listen to it, you can appeal to the Supreme Court to be like, hey, will you decide it? And if the Supreme Court's like, nah, we're not going to read it, you're basically like dead in the water, at least in that moment. But their application to the Supreme Court included three things. So the first thing was equal protection, saying how the law being applied to a male-female couple was okay, but if it's a male-male couple, it's not okay. So the state of Texas did not have a legitimate purpose for it to be male-male not okay, female-male okay. Yeah. So that's issue number one. Issue number two was the privacy of them doing the act in their Their own own home. home. Yeah. That's number two. consenting adults. And then number three was the whole issue that we talked about earlier in Bowers, where it's like the court should overturn Bowers and it is a privacy issue. Right. Okay. So it becomes a huge fiasco oh, I'm when sure. the Supreme Court says, yeah, we're going to listen to oral arguments. Mm-hmm. So they listen to oral arguments. So they have basically briefs, which is like the lawyers writing up their oral argument or an argument for both sides, for and against. Mm-hmm. And then they have so many people write briefs in support or against. Mm-hmm. Like you have the American Bar Association, the American Psychology Society, the American Public Health Association, the Cato Institute. You have like the heads of different religions the he- and senators of all kinds of states writing opinions that the court can take into consideration. Yeah. Um, so many of these. One of the main things that was an against is the reason that heterosexual couples can engage in acts of sodomy is because homosexual acts cause severe physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual damage to the individuals that are engaged in those acts. It was like one of their largest arguments against allowing it to happen. So they said, so they're arguing essentially the religious angle. Sides of it. Whereas the people for the homosexual are not even doing that. They're just saying like, hey, this law is not being applied equally to all people. And people are allowed to have privacy within their own home. Which, if you think about it, is so, so smart of an argument because you're appealing to judges from Republican districts saying what you do in your own home is your business. Is your business. Right, which is like these... And what we do outside of our home, i.e. gay marriage, is different. Which is so interesting to me. So they're kind of drawing those lines at this moment. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, I was actually listening to a podcast today about talking... uh, It was talking about the differences between Republicans and Democrats and how normally people are, like, being a Democrat is, like heavily having government involvement whereas republicans are usually more about states rights and stuff like that except so like when it comes to social issues republicans rely more on federal government giving them power whereas we like i mean you and i are both democrat 
so I say we in that sense of we stand socially more on the democratic side of being like no we need this regulation of the federal government because these what I do is what I do. yeah these bible belt states and stuff like that will abuse their power and like cause a lot of issues so I think it's very interesting that they so an incredibly smart pinned, argument yeah in this they case. pinned the republicans in an area they couldn't really move yeah Iconic. Yeah. So it ended up being a 6-3 decision. Oh, no, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Uh No, no, I'm right. So it was 5-4 in Bowers v. Hendrick, and then 6-3 in Lawrence v. Texas, which is interesting because that means that they had Republican people vote for the issue. Yeah. And I don't have all the judges' names, and I just, I don't want you to ask that question because I'm just not in a state of Mm -hmm. mind currently after my couple vodka sprites to really talk about names. I don't have my flashcards. I don't got it. But I'm a little pizza box lit here. Let me tell you some quick fun facts. <laughs> um, the court hinged on an interesting idea of how to handle equal protection cases mm-hmm. because they handled this as nothing they've handled before. So that's kind of where the dissent got pissed. Anthony Scalia obviously wrote it. Because they basically did a rational basis plus equal protections issue. Which means, like... So, rational basis is kind of just, like... The law has to further a legitimate state interest. Which can, like, constitutionally justify an obstruction of a thing. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, when you're looking at a law or statute or... um, It can even be, like, a regulation. Yeah. There has to be a legitimate purpose for that regulation in order for it to be, go against the equal protection of a non-protected class, which is, in this case, homosexuals. Yeah. The court did not make homosexuals a protected class. They just made, like, this idea almost kind of like what they were looking at. And they were saying the equal protection of the sodomy law was not upheld in Texas because, they in, in many states at this time, because they were allowing male-female couples to engage in sodomy, but not male-male couples or female-female couples. Yeah, and that's direct discrimination right and so they said there's no legitimate purpose for the state to allow male female to be okay but not male male or female female right um however the court that was the majority really really tried hard to not base it on equal protection because they didn't want it to become a thing that could yeah be potentially overturned later yeah and so they really did focus on the privacy of the home kind of being like what you do in your home regarding these acts is it really... It was a very smart approach. Yes. Yeah, is really your own tea. However, this is where I kind of am trying to thrust my, like, end topic, maybe, like, a thought to send out to our listeners. Anthony Scalia, in the dissent of this case in 2003, said this case is super problematic because this is how people who are going to go against Roe v. Wade could potentially go against it because the majority focused a lot on going against precedent, going against court decision. They overturned Bowers, which he thought was inappropriate because there wasn't, they were overstepping to overturn a case that wasn't necessarily directly the same or really giving precedent to the case that they were hearing. And they said, since that's giving the court new precedent on how it handles cases that are somewhat similar, but not necessarily the same, and overturning old cases, he said, he kind of threw a jab at the Democrats who got what they wanted in this moment, saying, this is how somebody could overturn Roe v. Wade. 
Which so is this what? brings me to today. Which, for those who don't know, Roe v. Wade yeah. is abortion. Right. So a lot of people in like politics, and again, I feel like I'm tackling a fire hydrant worth of information and just trying to be very low key about it. But basically, Roe v. Wade is an abortion case that's 40 something years old. Mm-hmm. Allowing women to kind of have the choice on how they handle the pregnancy up to a certain point, which is the point of vitality, which is getting progressively less and less as we get further because states are attacking the point of vitality, point of vitality being when the baby could survive on its own outside of the mother's womb. Yeah. And with technology and with modern um, interpretation of that, they're really attacking kind of that. Idea. Idea. There's a lot of other cases coming out. Why is this case threatening? So, because the court overturned Bowers v. Uh, Hendrick or whatever I was talking about. That first case from Atlanta where the guy flew the bottle away. Right. Didn't actually get charged. But what does because that Because that do? didn't... That, there was not a law that was being unequally applied to him. In 1986, sodomy was illegal yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. And he was committing it at the time that the police entered the home. Yeah. However, due to the warrant issues, he wasn't charged with it and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. There was... The court did not determine that issue they dealt solely with the privacy issue and they thought it was still okay at that time yeah and then in 2003 we're dealing with an equal protection issue because the law is not being equally applied to the entire community Mm. and the privacy issue but the court took both those issues and then overturned bowers do you see what i'm saying yeah so like for example does this have anything to do with abortion why does it it doesn't have to do with abortion it has to do with how the court of future case could look at overturning a previous case that they don't match up with perfectly. Yeah. So in previous times, the court has held um, Supreme Court precedent being like a huge, like all the judges have a huge boner for precedent, mm. like giant court boners for precedent, like fat, thick, meaty okay. precedent boners. Right. And so Roe v. Wade being a case that's been around for 40-something years, it's a pretty stable the, case. That was the biggest thing everyone was worried about with Kavanaugh, because they know he wants to return it. But the flip side to that, yeah. why a bunch of law professors, I mean, he is so problematic, and I'm not even going to get into that. I don't really even want, uh, my God. Is that all of the cases that he was hearing at least had some respect for precedent. Uh-huh. So what but the what the interesting aspect to note here is I think it was Georgia or Alabama literally two weeks ago just passed some crazy abortion law where it's like the court can decide if a woman is mature enough to handle an abortion uh-huh. and if she is then she can have one but if she's not then she has to have the child. Basically, like, if you're deemed a butcher, then you have the kid. Is it a jury sort of case? No, like a judge. judge? So you have to go probably in front of a man. Mm -hmm. It's part of a room full of people because it's not going to be private. Oh, that as well. And be like... Unless you're a minor, but... Here are are the reasons why I should be able to do this. And one guy is going to decide for To decide if you're mature enough to handle it. Uh, we're just gonna have coat hanger central in a minute. Oh my this god, stop. Happen. But the thing is, like, that could be the challenge for every way that then this new Trump court would be like, no, the state's right. Ruby Wade's overturned. 
that's a gag. I'm speaking like lawyer fanfare yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Like this is stuff that I mean, until we have no it gets idea close, what either side's gonna bring to the table? Because I feel like I don't know why it's in the water. In my opinion, like I just feel like that's something that let's say Trump gets reelected or something. I think that's something we're gonna see in our lifetime, especially during this presidency, could be brought up again at a Supreme Court level. I don't know what reason it'll be yet. But I don't know. It just feels like we're all talking about it a lot. I don't, but um, but yeah. So anyway, why why I'm so gagged by this case is I did not realize. Um, I mean, I've known by now, but when I learned about this case the first time around, I did not realize that there were so many states that it was still illegal mm-hmm. to even engage in that as two consenting adults, which blows my mind to this day. Of like. I don't know, to, like, do you ever feel, I feel like right now we live in a generation where, like, everyone I'm friends with online is either gay people or people who are supportive of gay people, and so when I see, it's like, something in real life or experience people who honestly oppose the gay quote-unquote lifestyle or whatever, yeah, brunch, yeah, <laughs> brunch, uh, but, like, the fact that there's sodomy laws... Are there sodomy laws still today? So they were all struck down in 2003 because of this case. Because of this case. Got it. And, additionally, fun fact for Missouri, in 2006, the legislature of Missouri decided to also repeal the sodomy laws for consenting adults. Hmm. Although... At that point... Too little too late, in my opinion, yeah. because the court said that you can't. But Missouri... Redid their code. So let's say this case gets overturned tomorrow. It is not illegal in the state of Missouri anymore. Right. Because, like, if it gets overturned, then it's a state. Because, like, for example, let's say gay marriage gets overturned and gay yeah. marriage is no longer allowed. Missouri still would not allow gay marriage. It's, like, not necessarily under statutes. Yeah. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if Lawrence v. Texas were to not happen, like, tomorrow we wake up and it's no longer yeah. an issue... But like Missouri, what I'm saying is like it's not, it's so weird to think that something I view as like a fact of life and a fact of my sexual experience as a human being and everything is illegal, was illegal in my lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think that's just like, so interesting I mean, for like gays our age. age. Right. It's like people are like so around the axle of the monumental, and I'm not going to say it's not monumental. It life-changing, earth-shattering decision to have gay marriage in the United States. A phenomenal. There are so many other huge, phenomenal cases like that that we've been alive for Mm -hmm. that have happened within the last little bit. Last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that it's something that, in my mind, that's why I'm kind of... That's why I picked this case of all the Supreme Court cases that I could have chosen, because it's like... I don't think we fully appreciate where we are at in 2019, because we're so caught up in the moment that we don't take any time to reflect and be like... You know what? If I did have that special person, I could have sex with them in my home as much as I want. Yeah. And if somebody were to come into my home while I'm doing that, for whatever reason, it is not necessarily a crime unless that person's even, like, three years old and having sex with their child. Yeah. (laughs) And additionally, I could marry that person and be granted the exact same um, benefits as a straight married person. 
And it's just, it is, it, when you sit back and think about it, like, it is so mind-blowing because I just get so mad all the time about things that are happening right now mm-hmm. that it's like I don't sit there and realize, like, I am just so lucky and so blessed to be living my 20s in this decade, honestly. Right. I mean, I know Trump's president, and, like, that could be such another entire podcast, but it's like, I am so blessed to be able to marry who I want to marry, love who I want to love, be who I want to be, even in Missouri, middle of America, Bible Belt, trash. <laughs> right, yeah, but I also think, like, also think of it this way, if those laws were still in place, think about, like, grinder culture then. It would be like a hunting ground, almost. Mm-hmm. You know, like, say tomorrow we find out they overturn this case or they overturn sodomy laws and it's illegal again or, you know, anything. It it would be so easy to find us and target us. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. even, like, not even on a dating app sense, but, like, I'm not quiet on social media anymore. I think anyone who's gay openly and is you know, kind of outspoken, posts about stuff every day or, like, points out things that they think is fair or unfair. And, you know, it wouldn't be that hard with technology the way it is if the laws gave people the liberties to just, like, you know, mess our shit up. It could get... We would, like, it would be a new form of hiding again. You know, just because of how open and easy we have it now, I think, like you said, we take it for granted... When it's still, like, on the... Like, like you said, we're worried it could come up again. And, like, that lawyer warned, like, now we can challenge Roe versus Wade with this sort of approach, you know? Yeah. Are you impressed that I did a smart person topic? <laughs> yes, I'm... Because here's the tea, everybody. All the notes. Connor, Connor and I's friendship, uh, I don't think I've ever had to be... Lawyery in front of me? Smart in front of you. I could just be some dumb hoe. Except for the time you took me to a party where everyone else was a lawyer, and then I got really drunk and decided to discuss John Bonet Ramsey with everyone. My God, because you are a conspiracy and theorist. And no one wanted to talk about <laughs> John Bonet Ramsey besides me at that party. <laughs> what a memory that is. Okay. So, um, listeners, before we get into Connor's topic, um, I know our episode is going to be a little long this week, but if you. I went over a lot, and if there's something that you feel like I did not explain clearly, or I missed, or I maybe had a weird interpretation to, feel free to reach out to me on social media, or any other capacity, in a polite and agreeable tone, and we are more than happy to discuss and talk about it, because I'm all about making sure my information is correct and fair enough. I did a lot of information this week, so I'm sure there are some points that I maybe glossed over that some people want a little bit more clarification over. I'm also a little drunk, so to be completely fair and honest, there's some things that I was just like, you know what, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) About the case? No, just like, I you know, I could have gone on and on for hours. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, you already did, like, 40 minutes, so. Well, the first half of it was another case you had to preface it with. Like, I mean, court cases in general are not easy things. Because you have to talk about what came before to talk about why they made the judgments they made. It's just wild. Yeah. It's wild. (laughs) I am just gagged by my own lawyer eleganza, honey, (laughs) and... No, I think you should do more. Also, for everybody who's curious, Obergefell v. Hodges is the marriage case. That's how you say it. Obergefell. 
Obergefell. Obergefell v. Hodges. Obergefell v. Hodges. Yes, I feel like that's another whole thing that I can talk about another time. Yeah, I love that mind-blowing case because it's what you do and what you study. Well, that's I mean, yeah, it's what I studied. What I do is more like making sure people don't, you know, get crazy fines for going too fast, but. <laughs> right now, we don't know. Well, also, like in the background, yeah. If yeah. you're if you're feeling like you're gonna die, I'll write you a will so your stuff doesn't go to the government. <laughs> All right, but nothing's free, honey. So that's the tea. So what's interesting this week for me is we've almost switched. So you did a very specific topic, and I'm doing a very broad topic. And I love it. I'm so excited uh-huh. for it. So I'm doing homosexuality and religion. And how, like, certain religions take it. And we're going to find out about a little religion that is specifically for homosexuals towards the end. <laughs> and here's the gag, everybody. Um, I have no idea what he's going to talk about. Okay. Cool. So let's just get right into it. We're going to break it down religion to religion, how they view it, why they view it that way, and what's going on with it. So... Abrahamic religions, such as, like, Judaism um, and Christianity. Um, Let's just start with Judaism. Because the biggest difference between being a Jewish person and being a Christian is both have the Old Testament, but one has the new one as well. Yeah. So, in Judaism, yeah, they, they traditionally view homosexuality as a sin and you shouldn't commit acts of homosexuality just because all they're basing it off of is the statements of a man shall not lie with another man as he would with a woman because that is literally directly out of the old testament and it's kind of i mean they do have the torah which is the first five books of the hebrew bible um also known as the old testament so i mean in judaism it's not greatly looked at but there's also... I mean, that's uh, just interesting. I never really thought of it that way. What? You know, because I, I feel like all the religion I've ever practiced has been, like, not Jewish. It's been all, like, Baptist <coughs> or yeah. Lutheran or whatever. But that's kind of And it's like they focus a lot of things and journeys on the New Testament. And they're like, oh, this is how we live now. Right, and that's, like, like as you get into a lot of progressive Christianity, and that's what I was about to move on to, but before we do, uh, Reformed Judaism and Reconstructionist Judaism in North America and in the United Kingdom view homosexuality as acceptable on the basis as heterosexuality, so long as it is in a, like, monogamous sort of, you know, replace the white picket fence dream instead of a woman, a man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as long as you're fostering, in their eyes, a traditionally healthy home, it's not that big of a deal. They don't love it, but they also need attendance to keep going up. So, in a lot of Reformed Judaism and Reconstructionist Judaism, they're okay with it. Now, Christianity, that's where it comes into play of the New Testament, because Jesus never really tackled it he was more um if you read a lot of a lot of stories about jesus he was more about like classist issues when you break it down he did not like the wealthy he did not like people suffering which a lot of times if you were poor equaled you suffering so he hated that people you know had this kind of like it it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight treat each other right yeah and so 
Yes, there is a lot of Orthodox churches that are completely against it because, like I said, the Old Testament is still a scripture Christians look at for guidance. Um, But the New Testament never brings it up, really, never brings up sexuality that much at all. In fact, there are several, uh, there's some stories that they believe um, aren't translated correctly, as well as the Old Testament. That's another thing, is that the lie with a man as you would a woman sort of quote people use a lot there's a lot of speculation if that was even translated correctly over the years and they think it's a different issue completely what exactly they're not sure they're thinking more of like what if they meant more like a wife like if you're cheating on your wife with a man that's still a sin you know what i mean it's like there are several ways you could have taken it. Well, yeah, and, and then just, like even if you're translating in modern time, like if you're translating right, in Spanish, language is so important in the sense it's always changing. Yeah, and if you don't get context and everything like that, which also like then we're talking about like religion being a man-made thing. Period, because men have to write it down on paper, distribute it. You know, yeah. it's like there's so many semantics to it, but. Um, so Christianity kind of holds the same stance as Judaism with it, but because the Old Testament is more about, like, love thy neighbor, love everyone as you would yourself, you know, the messages of Jesus Christ, um, there's a lot of new kind of branches of Christianity, um, that actually celebrate same-sex relationships the same way they celebrate, uh, heterosexual relationships, um, and those are like liberal Christians. Um, the, some of the churches include the United Church of Canada, the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church, Presbyterian Church of the USA, um, Old Catholic Union. Like there, it just goes on and on. Like there's, it's like kind of conflicting. Now, <laughs> the more controversial side is the Catholic Church. And there actually have been cardinals who have challenged within the Vatican constantly challenging um homosexuality as a sin and right now where the church stands with it is homosexuality itself is not a sin it's act the act of acting upon your homosexual tendencies that is considered a sin in the catholic church right so you're good as gravy if you're right, just but gay they, and thinking gay they, right but, but the second yeah look at a dick the wrong way and get too close to it. They want you to practice chastity. Mm. Is literally their solution to it. Um, Just because they still believe even though they don't believe homosexuality to be like a purely bad um, mentality to have in their words. Um, But they believe that the acts will uh, lead to um lead to the a life uh what is it sorry i had it in my notes for a minute um but basically they're saying it leads to um shadier walks of life and shady like you would like it's a gateway drug into more risque acts essentially is kind of how they view it and because of this um the Catholic Church didn't discouraging individuals from ever acting upon it. It has um, severely. It has given a lot of power to pro anti LGBT groups 
to kind of push that message onto people and they actually find that cat like catholicism is kind of one of the major um contributors to lgbt suicide because a lot of the statements they've put out has been used as ammo against lgbt individuals so not cool right it's cool that they're saying being gay isn't necessarily bad the fact that they're saying never acting upon it is the only way you can live a non-sinful life as a homosexual is very problematic and i see why a lot of cardinals and a lot of people in the church have challenged it and so far none have prevailed um but yeah and now let's move on to the mormons now the Um, the Mormons... Can I tell you a quick fun fact? Yeah, go for it. A deter? Yeah. And I apologize, this has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Did you know Mm -hmm. a fun fact about me personally? I took a Mormon to prom. You did? My junior year. My best friend? A Mormon female. Her name was Jenny. Jennifer. Uh Uh-huh. And I am the way that I am now as a junior in high school. Just like, I had curly hair and I was a little less... You know, I'm a bitch. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, you know, looking back, I don't know. I loved Jenny. I really did. I don't know how this whole situation would have turned out had things been different. But in order for me to take her to prom, her father wanted me to go to one youth group meeting and one church service of the Roman church in Platt City, um, which is like a suburb of Kansas City. Uh-huh. I did it because I wanted to go to prom uh-huh. with Jenny. Church service was fine. <laughs> Uh, youth service. The youth service I went to, they played Fear Factor. Like, they did, like, some activity. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I've been to one of those things. Involving yeah. Fear Factor. But there was, like, food involved. Like, it was, like, Fear Factor, like, oh, through Christ, you can eat this cockroach or something. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. This is culty levels. A little bit. Yeah. And there was a ton of people here. The prize... Was a bl- homemade blueberry pie, and I don't know if y'all know Do you anything about cockroach. You get a blueberry. Pie. Listen to me. I don't know if you know a lot of things about me, but I love pie, <laughs> any variety, blueberry, sweet potato, pecan. I eat a lot of things. The thing that final round. Okay, we're in it. You're deep. You're deep in this cup. I have committed now. at this uh-huh. point. I've eaten some shit. <laughs> All right. Final thing: pickled pig's foot. Oh, okay. All right, all right. But that it wouldn't was, be that still right. looked like a pig foot. Like it was like a little hoof. Yeah, but still. I took a fork yeah, to it and ate it. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Nobody else did it. And you I'm got, like, let me eat this motherfucker. Blue, how was the blueberry pie? So they... Oh, listen to this tea. <laughs> listen to this tea. They award me the blueberry pie. They're like, oh, John, you won. You're the only one who ate the pickle pig's foot. Every past winner since they started it would then share the pie with everybody. But me, an outsider, had no idea. Did you just fucking I just grab took the pie and left. <laughs> <laughs> and took that bitch Jenny uh, to You got So your shout pie. out to all of the Mormons in 2009. I am super sorry that I took your pie, but it was fucking delicious. Hmm. There's a fun fact for you about Mormons. And now, Jenny, I'm super sorry, but... I don't like Jenny's. 
One of the first people I ever came out with was to my friend who is Mormon. Is her name Jenny? No, her name's Kennedy. Oh. Shout out. Hey, Kennedy. She got married recently, so. Shout out, Kennedy! Is this the Kennedy that we saw at Starbucks? No. Um, That was Molly. (laughs) Molly! No, but yeah. uh, But, like, basically, Mormonism... (laughs) But that's the thing. Sorry, so quick, everybody. We're going back now to kind of talk about Okay. Mormons actually have kind of a similar view to Catholics. They don't really care. Like, they think acting upon it is the sin, not the fact that you have those feelings. So they're kind of like, okay, go for celibacy. But they're like that with everyone. Like, you cannot have sex in Mormon beliefs unless you are married anyway. So they don't really care in the sense of like, like, don't just, just don't do it. Like, okay, you can have those feelings. Which is so problematic. Right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, I disagree with with Mormonism, which if you're Mormon, hey. Thank you for listening. Right. But also, like, I have no right to tell you how to live, just like I believe you have no right to tell me how to live. Ah! Ah! Fair is fair. Yeah. Um, Islam. So... (sighs) Yeah, uh, so it's no shocker that, um... Isn't Islam, like, Iran, which is, like, still stony people to death and hanging them off of buildings? We'll get into that. Um, so the current, so the quotes that, like, a lot of beliefs about homosexuality within Islam, I mean, mind you, it's just like Christianity, there's several branches... 100%. I'm giving general overviews, so if I'm wrong, feel free to tell me your branch. In a very polite and Great, let's have a discussion, because I love learning. I actually love learning about religions, because I think you learn a lot about history itself. Same time, though, don't come for me. Right. (laughs) So, the the main kind of quotes from the current they use is, do you approach males among the worlds and leave what your Lord has created you as mates? but you are people transgressing. And all major, basically all major Islamic schools disapprove of homosexuality. Basically saying you should not approach someone of the same sex the way you would someone you're supposed to fall in love with, which is a woman if you're a man, a man if you're a woman. Oh. Um, so from that, there are several different sects of Islam that believes in that belief to an extreme, where they'll like, kill you um and other people who just are kind of like you know how it is with every religion that we've discussed so far just disapproving the baha faith um limits uh sexual relations between men and women and believers are expected to abstain from sex outside of matrimony anyway so basically they're in the same boats of mormons of like gay sex isn't cool but if you're gay just don't do it (laughs) anyway moving on to hinduism which actually in my opinion is kind of uh oh wait is it hinduism or buddhism we'll get into it um as we go through my notes but basically they take basically they're all over the board it depends who you ask essentially within hinduism um because um there are several sacred okay this is the one i'm excited to talk about So there's a lot of texts within Hinduism that actually support homosexual relations because several gods had same-sex relationships, same-sex, like, you know, 
kind of like the Greek gods, they kind of like, you know, messed with the mortals in their own way. Um, but also they believe in a third gender, which I find super interesting. Um, basically, there's texts within Hinduism that explains there's kind of like a third gender of like a mix between femininity and masculinity. So, of course, there's going to be bisexual people, gay people due to this third gender that they believe exists. So that's kind of an interesting way of viewing it. Um, and so, uh, basically, but also like around 150 BC, um, there's passages that talk about the gays, the third sex, which was based on a story about males performing oral sex on each other. Um, also there's a lot of like carvings and stuff that like support this. Um, and then moving on to the kind of like the next kind of Indian based religion, um, Buddhism, um, which are you familiar with like the five precepts or the eightfold path to achieve enlightenment? I'm familiar, but if you asked me about it, you're right. Basically like you're supposed to detach yourself from all like giving in to any one worldly desire too much. Basically, you're trying to abstain from, like, needing worldly things so that you can ascend to a higher state of being. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. In Buddhism. Right. Yeah. So, basically, one part of that is not engaging in sexual misconduct, which, depending on which branch of Hinduism you're in, some people believe that just means not having sex like out of marriage or leaving a over-sexual lifestyle. Some people believe homosexuality is considered sexual misconduct. It depends on just the sect of Buddhism that you believe in. Um, but I find that very interesting that it is, it's more about balance in your life and it's more, so to me, I don't think Buddhism is inherently um, homophobic. I think it's just what it is. It's a belief that you should achieve a balance within your life and not overly sexualize anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, and also what's the thing about Buddhism is it's a personal journey and there's no like figurehead to Buddhism. I mean, there's Buddha obviously, but you're trying to follow in the steps of him, which is not having a lot of worldly needs. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And Buddha passed on his teachings to several different prophets that followed him. And that's where all the branches come from. So that's why there's so many different, like, parts of Buddhism that believe, like, sexual misconduct is homosexual. Like, homosexual acts are part of that. And others are like, no, it's just sexual misconduct, period, regardless. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, now we're going to Sikhism. Um, it has no written law. Um, but a lot of <laughs> their religious authorities say homosexuality is against Sikh, uh, religion and Sikh code of conduct. And it's totally against nature because that's a big thing within their scripture is talking about like the natural order of life. And since you cannot produce a child and cannot further life, you're going off that path. Um, and then... Uh, basically, then it gets into more like, you know, untraditional, not untraditional, I would just say not predominant religions like Confucianism, which isn't really even a religion, it's more of a philosophy. Um, basically, it's focused very little on 
homosexual. It's a very focused very little on sexuality in general. It's more about creating bonds and fostering like better relationships with people in general. But one of their main figureheads, uh, which is uh, Lewis Crompton, talked about how um, the inherent closeness of master and disciple bond seems to foster homosexual relationships just because of how close you become with your instructor anyway. Um, so I found that kind of interesting that they talk about how there's a weird relationship of like eventually emotions develop between, you know, yeah people just because they do have those close-knit relationships within their religion, which I think is more common than more pe- people would right. like to admit. I mean, in a sad sense, uh, the pedophilia kind of charges that are coming against the Catholic Church right now, I think, like, if... Not saying this is an excuse, but I'm saying if sexual repression weren't such a big thing, I don't know if it would be as rampant or as big as an issue, you know? The inner turmoil of constantly thinking you're a deviant, you know, corrodes you to the point of committing awful, atrocious acts. Um, On the weak. Right. Uh, But I think, like, that's the other thing. Like, they do want you to... I think they have acknowledged that, like, homosexuality is a... Irreplace, like is a thing that you can't deny and so that's why the catholic church is like just don't act on it which is hugely problematic whereas confucianism is just like we don't care about the sexual aspects we're more about the philosophies you live by day-to-day life so of course when you're learning all these things and you suddenly have a bond with a man who's teaching you like yeah revolutionary ideas to you of course you're gonna fall in love in a way um taoism Um, basically believes uh, it's similar to Buddhism Um, basically it's it's just basically against sex outside of marriage period Um, and also it's a Asian based uh, religion which homosexuality already in Asia is pretty frowned upon so it's pretty much against homosexuality but it's just more against you know outside sex of marriage anyway and if you're gay and can't get married obviously you're just going to commit acts that aren't a part of it now let's get into some of the different religions that not a lot of people know about wiccans <laughs> Which, oh my yeah. god <laughs> um of all acts of would. love or pleasure and are my rituals is a strict line out of the pagan belief so of course uh, pagans are super cool, uh, essentially with... Uh, I am so gagged right now. <laughs> you would do the fucking... That I would get Wiccan. into Wiccans, just wait. We're gonna get real deep in. So Wiccans are for it. Um, basically, they just think any ritual, sexual acts, uh, whether actual or symbolic, as long as it is taking place between two consensual adults, are usually down for the gays being in the Wiccan uh, belief. And Satanism. And Satanism, both theistically and in the LaVey tradition, is open to all forms of sexual expression and does not preclude homosexuality. Shocker. (laughs) So, Satanists are cool with it. Uh, uh, Unitarian Universalism um, basically had their first uh, minister come out as gay in 1969. Um, they allow clergy to be gay. Um, they also uh, um, let me see. supports the freedom to marry and compares to the resi- uh, resistance 
to it to the resistance of the abolish abolishing slavery, women's suffrage, and the anti. Uh, I can't get into that. I I wrote this down, and I probably should have looked up how that is. Um, but basically, um, yeah, they support the gays. Um, also, you you tear you tear you know what I'm trying to say, right? Keep going, though. Okay. I really think our audience will be gathered. <laughs> I know. I mispronounced. Also, it is Keith Herring. I said Keith Haring. <laughs> so many times. Uh, so many times. I just got... Uh, uh, basically, and humanism, of course, is a non-religious... <laughs> I'm just moving on. I am get this fucking right. dead! Um, it's a non-religious, non-theistic approach to life that supports full equality for the LGBT individuals, which includes marrying... Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then we're just going to skip to the real... I mean, we've talked about a lot. So Tell me the gravy. But here... Yeah, here's the, like, the real beef of the entree I'm serving currently. Yes, honey. Which is the first and only queer... That I can find queer-based religion called the Radical Fairies. <laughs> Shut uh huh. There is a religion door. that believes that like being gay um, is kind of a spiritual thing in and of itself. Um, basically, so it is a so Eat to your tell you, heart out. Yeah, keep going. The radical fairies are a loosely affiliated worldwide network and countercultural movement that seek to redefine what it means to be queer and also secularly spiritual. So, their whole message... Do they have a website? Are they real? Yeah, they have a website. <laughs> They're based out of California. Their website looks like it's straight out of 1995. Oh, I <laughs> <love> it. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's rough. But it started in the 70s during the sexual revolution amongst gay men in the United States. Um, the It was founded in California in 1979 by gay activist Harry Hay. And to kind of give you background on him, he's actually, he's kind of known as the father of modern gay, like, activism and rights, and kind of started a lot of things. But I think it's also important to bring up um, some things, I don't know, I think it's always important to weigh the good with the bad. And the only bad thing he really brought into our community was the fact he allowed um, the inclusion of the NAMBLA, which is a pedophile advocacy group, to march in gay rights marches. Um, I don't know to the extent of why this he... This is back in the 70s? Yes. I think it was more of a... At least from what I read, it wasn't because he supported it. He supported all people seeking love. It was kind of like the free love movement, but I don't think he realized by opening his umbrella to them. I don't know. I don't know that much about it. Um, I know right now there's like a lot of stuff going on with that group uh, in the media just because they keep kind of popping up out of the woodwork to shove their head into the gay rights movement. And we're constantly having to shove them away and being like, we're not a part of you. We don't believe in this because... Um, I, I, I really don't want to spread the education of this group, but to kind of anyone who doesn't know about it, believe, basically it's a group of men who take young men under their mentorship and teach them quote unquote, everything about life, including sexual acts at a very young age. And they basically have very young lovers and usually multiple of them. 
So basically it's using this like dumb belief into creating pedophile rings and it's awful and atrocious. But I mean, I think it's something we have to talk about if we're going to bring him up, just like he did a lot of good things for same sex activism. I think him allowing them to march alongside of us back in the seventies is really poor. He also is a very interesting individual in the sense of he went back and forth between being gay and straight. He actually had a marriage of five years, which he adopted three children. So that was also an interesting part of his story. I, I don't know. I think he's an entirely different topic himself, but he is one of the founders of the uh, radical fairies and to kind of, Basically, what they are is a bunch of hippie gays who would meet, who still do, and nothing wrong with being a hippie or being spiritual and feeling energies and all that. But basically, they just kind of get in the woods and do these rituals and stuff and believe being gay is being touched, like, spiritually. Like, you have been gifted kind of this new state of being that, you know, I mean allegedly only 10% of the population is gay. So they view being gay as kind of like a gift. And it's like, we are other than. We are not the same spiritual level as other people because we have this kind of new bond of how we experience things. Um, and so to kind of bring it more close to home, <laughs> In, uh, hold on, let me see if I can find, I was literally looking, uh, we were, um, before this we were looking at Ariana Grande tickets, so, uh, I kind of lost my place, but there's a Facebook page for the Midwest Fairy Group, they had a festival, um, I cannot find that many people who went on Facebook, here it is, Midwest Fairy Fest in the village of Fairytopolis. And it was hosted here in Missouri somewhere. Um, I can't, I, I mean, I'm not a member of all the Facebook groups they're part of. There's not a lot of photos of what happened. So I'm guessing there's probably nudity involved. Oh my lord. Uh, uh, privacy issues and stuff like I that. I feel like we need to become on this group so we can go to the next. Yeah, I'm down to like... Go get naked in the woods? Go get naked in the woods and... And worship? Meet a, Gay god. <laughs> but goddess, yeah, so, honey. Goddess. Goddess. Yes. Yeah, the last post they had um, was in 2017 on the Facebook page. Oh, so, I don't... Th they're much bigger on the coast, especially in California, because that's where it was founded. Um, I found a few Facebook groups uh, that, you know, they're in the Casey area. None of my mutual friends are in that group, which I was kind of bummed out about because I would have asked them several questions. Uh, but yeah, so there is a religion that believes being gay is like being gifted and that it is a spiritual kind of journey you should uh, believe in. But also what's interesting, there's a lot of indigenous native roots. There's a lot of... Um, Alongside gay activism, they often would march for Native American rights as well because it's that kind of religion. They believe in, like, different gods and different kind of, like, energies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and also, the guy we were talking about earlier, uh, Harry Hay, is actually um, an indigenous activist. I don't know he, if he is direct. He looks pretty white but I mean he might have some descent in there racially ambiguous yeah 
So yeah. Um, basically, and they've been growing since the 80s. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like the world's perspective on homosexuality and how... What an episode. The world feels about it, yeah. What an episode, Connor. Didn't know we had a religion out there just for us, did you? Just a fairy. Yeah. I had no clue. <laughs> and I it's fairy no spelled F-A-E-R-I-E. I'm not even going to be mad about it. <laughs> right. However you want to spell it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been an adventure of up and downs, turmoils, and tribulations, honeys. But I think our class is over. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. All right. If anybody wants to reach out to any of us, we are on social media. We've still been debating making a social media page for this uh-huh. this podcast. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a PR manager yet. No. <laughs> we don't I am a Gemini, though, so one of those personalities would split off if we need to. Yeah, yeah. Just start running an Instagram yeah. page. Probably. But yeah, so... If you have any ideas... Uh, Reach out to us. Give us your thoughts, your input, your comments, your questions, your concerns. We can give to that PR manager, though. Right. Right. We'll, we'll let them know your complaints. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be um, filed. And we'll have a meeting about it, maybe. More mm. than likely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Connor Tierney. And I'm John Parker. And class is dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the bell ringer? <laughs> Good. Ha ha ha!